Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. It's, well, frankly, scary when you come to realize just how easy it is for us to be deceived, especially when it comes to your faith. Author Taylor Bassett talks about this in his new book, How a Truth Student Came to Know the Truth, My Rescue from the Deception of the New Age. I'm really happy that Taylor is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Welcome to the show, Taylor. Thank you for being here. Hey, Corey. How you doing? Doing wonderful. It's a pleasure to have you here. Can you tell me all about this book? Yeah, well, you know, uh, as you said, it's a, it's a story about how uh, you're raised in one thing, believing that it's 100% true, uh, which is what happened to me. First 31 years of my life, I ardently practiced and was zealous for the you know beliefs in the new age because I was raised in that. And then my eyes got opened up. The Lord saved me. And I realized, man, was I wrong. And it's a pretty uh, earth-shaking thing when you realize everything you thought was true wasn't. <laughs> so, you know, it was uh, quite an eye-opener. Absolutely. So what sparked you to sit down and write this book and then publish it? Well, it's funny, you know, I'm, uh, I, I didn't get saved until I was, you know, 31, 32. And uh, I've got six children, uh, ages oh, wow. 26 to 18. I know, this is the most rest I get all day. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but they're out of life. They're age 26 to 18. Anyway, I was taking a walk last year with my uh, son-in-law. And, you know, I'm 61 now. And I was just talking to him. I said, God, you know, when I was the age of my kids, I was doing this and that and the other thing. And, and he said, you know, you should write a book. I'm like, get out of here. Well, you, you should put this down and explain to people. So I thought, well, I didn't know what to do. So I looked up, you know, publishers and I sent, I don't know, four or five paragraphs to a publisher. And I said, is this anything you guys would, you know, they wrote me back. Heck yeah, get writing. Let's see what you can do. So I did it. And here it is. And uh you know, and I'm also really jazzed. Obviously, no one can see it, but the cover art of my book was uh, designed by my son-in-law as well. So that's pretty cool. Oh, wow. So can you tell me about what you were feeling or, or maybe the thoughts that were going through your head when you got that first copy in your hands? Oh, well, you know, it's something else to have an idea. You, you know this, right? You have an idea. And here I am. I'm looking at this thing, especially after all the revisions and all the, the back and forth. <laughs> to just look at that and go, holy smoke, people are going to be looking at this. I started getting, you know, comments from people. I read it and they're making all these great comments. It's extreme. You're sweating bullets. It's like you wrote a song and you're playing it for somebody for the first time. You're like, what if they don't, you know, and I was just really, you know, going through it. But anyway, it's a feeling like no other, but the object of the exercise and the whole reason I wrote the book was that, well, actually there's two audiences I have in mind. Number one, if someone knows someone who's in the new age, this is a good book to them because, you see, they're going to see that it was written by one of their own. I speak that lingo. I know precisely what goes through their mind. And it also gives the believer an opportunity to understand what New Age actually teaches and believes because it's day and night from what the Bible actually teaches. And so you might be using the same words, but the New Age you're attached is a different meaning to that word than what you would. And so you're not saying the same thing. You're saying the same words, but you're not meaning the same thing. So anyway— mm. Hopefully it'll be an effective tool and, you know, a lot of people will see the truth. 
you have any advice now for aspiring authors who haven't written a book yet, haven't published a book yet, but they're looking to go down that road? Well, yeah, I, I guess like anything else, just start, you know? I mean, that, that's the way it is for everything. Just jump forward and start. And boy, does it help to have people encouraging you along the way. Mm. I didn't even know how to start. I, the first thing I did, Corey, I wrote down the titles of the chapters. Hmm. I just thought this and then this and, th and then I started writing, writing, and this would go into this chapter and this would go into that. And then finally I got it all done. And then I had to figure out how does this go into a co cohesive, you know, hmm. maybe a chronology kind of thing. But the only advice I would think is just start. You know, happily, and, and uh, I, I happen to have a wife who's good at pushing me through the door saying, go, do it. You can do this. You're <laughs> fine, you know. <laughs> well, Taylor, thank you for writing this really important book. It's called How a Truth Student Came to Know the Truth, My Rescue from the Deception of the New Age. Of course, written by Taylor Bassett and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere that you shop for your reading material, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Taylor, thanks again for joining me. I had a really nice time talking. Hey, my pleasure, Corey. Call any time, huh? <laughs> Take care, man. I'm really happy right now to be sitting down with author Sandy Schachter here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Sandy, thanks for joining me tonight. Well, thank you for having me. Now, you got a new book out. It's called An Unforgotten Heart. Can you tell me what it's all about? Well, it's really a, a narrative story based upon stories my mother told me growing up in Vienna during the beginning of World War II. Over the years, she told me bits and pieces of her journey through that difficult time, and I kind of kept all those uh, stories in the back of my head. Just recently, I decided to write the stories down because she lived a very interesting life in spite of being torn apart from her country, from her world, from her family, and she survived. And I wanted to tell that story. Wow, what an important story to tell. What sorts of readers do you think would be into this? Well, I think uh, there, there's a quote in the book uh, I use called, exclusion is the highest form of inhumanity. And I think throughout all time, people have been excluded people were not allowed to worship, they weren't allowed to work or to live or even to vote, and most recently they're not even allowed to breathe. Wow. And I wanted to write a story about what it was like back in the World War II that sometimes not much has really changed, but I want people to read the story and know that there's hope and that you can take a life that's tragic or in crisis and turn it around and, and make it worthy of your of your family and your future. So I'm hoping that people will read it are the people that are trying to figure out, okay, how do I survive? How do I survive the knocks that I get from the world and make a better life for myself? Hmm. Have you done this kind of thing before, written or published? No, I haven't. I used to write a lot of poems in my job and never really thought about writing a book, but Something kind of kicked my butt during the pandemic when I had time to sit down and with nothing else to do, forced myself to open up my laptop. I mean, you can't get COVID from your laptop. So I sat down with my laptop and decided that it was time. It was wonderful. You took advantage of that free time to get creative and to tell this story. So how did it feel after working on it all this time and, and especially being it so personal to you? What sorts of feelings or, or thoughts were going through you when you got that first physical copy in your hands? Oh, my goodness. I was uh, overwhelmed with passion and gratefulness and joy. 
and sorrow at the same time. I wish I would have written the book while my mother was still alive so that she could see it. In fact, my husband and I just took a trip to Maryland to visit my mother's grave and took a picture of the book in front of my mother's grave. I wish that she could have seen it, but her legacy lives on. And that makes me feel so proud and so grateful that I was able to remember the things that she told me and happy that I was able to have enough spirit to write things down. So I'm glad that I did. Have you given any thought to maybe writing again and publishing again? Well, I I have been thinking about writing another book. In fact, I did start one. I was fell in love with two of the characters in my story hmm. and I wanted to write more about them. I think that it's important to remember that even after someone is gone and passed away, there's a piece of them that actually lives on. And that's, I think, where I want to write the second book on what happens even though someone passes away, you still carry a piece of them throughout your life and they impact your ability to live your life. And I want to write about that. Often your first time through publishing a book is quite educational. You learn quite a bit about what actually goes into it. So what piece of advice could you give to aspiring authors? Don't give up. And I think that take your thoughts, take your opinions, take your ideas, take your stories and write them down. And I'm not talking about Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or any of those flash in the pan kinds of expressions. I'm talking about pick up a pen or pick up a computer and find the words to match your thoughts, your feelings and your ideas. And don't be afraid to to write them down. Hmm. This book is about your mother. It's written in memory of your mother. But often it's helpful to have people in your life around you while you're working on something like this who can be supportive and encouraging, motivational to you. Uh, Did you have people like that in your life? Oh, my goodness, yes. My husband, David, his family history is very similar to my mother's history. And he was very supportive and encouraging of my just taking the time. And he gave me the time. He let me sit for hours at a time Mm. and didn't bother me while I tried to figure out how to write the book, as well as my friend, my best friend, Marianne, who gave me encouragement and support and who read the first draft. But my primary motivator was my daughter. She's just turning 27. She was born after my mother passed away, and I wanted to leave something of my mother's history for her. So she was very encouraging for me to to tell the story. Well, Sandy, thank you for writing this book. It's got a great message, and I'm glad that the world can hear it now. The book's called An Unforgotten Heart, written by Sandy Schachter. It's published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere that you get your reading material, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and down the street at your local bookstore. Sandy, thank you again for joining me tonight. I had a very nice time finding out about your book and about your mother. And again, a really nice time chatting with you. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Children will get a kick out of the next book that we're talking about here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It's called Fly, Eli. A Little Fly Goes a Long Way. It's written by Diane Schwenk. And Diane is joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Diane, thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much. Can you tell me about Fly Eli? I love the story for children where the fly is the main character. Well, Fly Eli is about a charming and precocious little fly, and he always seems to get into trouble. He's always thinking about food, 
and his empty stomach takes him on some really exciting and sometimes scary places. His misadventures, I think, start when he gets trapped in a picnic basket, and then he winds up far away from home. His urge to explore the world has some really comical twists and turns. Along the way, he experiences some amazing sights and sounds, and all during the book, he's just trying to find his way home. So, <laughs> hmm. What ages of children would you think would really be interested in this? Well, I think any young child would enjoy the book. If it's a tiny little kid from parents reading to their toddlers or to younger readers who like books with a little humor and adventure. And the title kind of, to me, has a double meaning, too, because, of course, the fly's name is Eli. But on another sense, it's about a child's first adventure away from home Mm -hmm. and watching them spread their wings and experience the world on their own without their parents around, you know. Hmm. It's a really creative story. Where did the idea for this come from? The idea came when I was actually a child myself. My parents, you know, I was the youngest of five kids. Invariably, I'd be in the backseat of the car riding along to going to church or a store. So I remember sitting in the back of the family station wagon and worrying about flies because they would inadvertently get entrapped in the car. And then we'd go off to the store or whatever. And I remember thinking, even as a little kid, gosh, I wonder what this poor little fly is going to do when we get where we're going. Mm. He won't know where he is. He won't know how to get back home to his family. And sure enough, once the doors open on the car, the fly flies out, disappears into a whole new world. And the thought of that fly, even as a little kid, never seeing his family again was really troubling to me, kind of. And I don't know why. It just stuck with me. And all these years later, those childhood memories helped me create Eli. Hmm. Have you ever done this kind of thing before? Have you ever written or have you ever published? I've actually done a lot of writing in my life because I'm in the marketing. So I've done a lot of commercial writing, like printed pieces and radio, even radio commercials and TV commercials, even technical writing for certain technical clients or medical clients, that type of thing. But this is really my first kid's book. Illustrations are a huge part of it. What was that process like for you? Well, that's actually a good point because... I think that's one of the reasons it took so long for me to publish the book, because actually I started the book in like 1996, believe it or not. That was my first draft. Over the years, I've changed a lot and added to it. But one of the big stumbling blocks was always who's going to illustrate the book for me, because in the marketing business, I knew some artists. And from time to time, I would say, hey, I've got this character named Eli, would you be interested in trying to make a prototype for me? And never really kind of got off the ground with anybody. So it just kind of sat there for a long time. So of course I started, you know, seeing things about Christian faith publishing. And I thought, you know, they talked about providing illustrations. And so it was really great that I got to work with the publisher because I had I had Eli in my mind for the longest time about what he should look like. Mm. But communicating that to an artist was kind of hard. The very first draft I saw, he looked more like something in a raid commercial instead (laughs) of cute and cuddly. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's not quite where I want to be. But I wanted him to be cute and cuddly and adorable and kind of like charismatic. Hmm. So working with the artist then at the publishing company, I was able to get very, very close to what I was envisioning in my mind. So I think he's really cute. Hmm. What did it feel like when you got that first copy of this book in your hands? 
Well, I thought that I finally did it because it took so long. It just took so long developing and mm. it was really kind of a sense of accomplishment of something that I put on hold for so long. So it was really, really a fun day for me when I got that box full of books. So, mm. What are the chances you'll be putting more kids' books out there? Well, I think pretty good because I've got a I've got another book in mind and it's kind of in a rough draft at this moment, but I kind of know the story, but filling in all the fun details is what I need to do. So, hmm. Have you given any thought to bringing Eli back, having a sequel maybe to this one? Actually, that's what this is. It's Eli on a, a second little adventure, and this time he's going to be doing a good deed for somebody. Yeah, it sounds like a book that kids and parents alike will both enjoy. And I encourage our listeners to check this out. It's called Fly, Eli, A Little Fly Goes a Long Way, written by Diane Schwenk and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere that you get your reading material on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and down the street at your local bookstore. Well, Diane, thanks again for joining me here. Thank you for writing this wonderful book. had a nice time chatting with you tonight. Thank you very much. Here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, we often talk about journaling and what a beneficial practice that that can be to your writing, and that's what the next book here is all about that we'll be talking about. It's called So I Journaled, Turning Self-Expression into Positive Lessons. It's written by Ashley Brindamore, and Ashley is joining me here right now. Ashley, thank you for being here. Hello, Corey. Thank you for having me. Uh, Can you tell me all about So I Journaled? Yeah, definitely. So I started journaling when I was maybe in about third grade. I have piles of them under my bed, little ones, cute ones with like just a couple words in them, entries. And then I have more in-depth ones as I got older. So this book, I took those journal entries and I turned them into life lessons and things that I've learned from when I was really young to through high school, through college. And I kind of made it like a little memoir. So what gave you the idea to collect all this and then publish it? I never really planned on publishing it. It was super private. And I always, I I used to bring it around school with me and I was always afraid I was going to drop it on the ground. Someone was going to find it. And here I am publishing it. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I never had plans to publish it. And then when it was locked down during COVID, I kind of always wanted to publish a book. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and hope it will help somebody. It was great. You took advantage of that time and got creative with it. Oh, yeah. About how long then altogether did it take you to put together and then publish? Probably a year and a half from picking out what entries and then what I wanted the lessons to be. I think that's what took the longest. But overall, writing it, it took about a little over a year and a half. Mm. Have you ever done anything like this before, published a book? I know, never. I write for work, so I kind of have always had writing is in my blood. I just have always loved to do it. So, Wow. So how did it feel then when you got that first one in your hands? Incredible. Hmm. I remember it got dropped off on my front steps and I held it and I just like cried. It was surreal for sure. A very proud moment. Hmm. Do you have any advice now for people who are looking to publish their first book too? Definitely go for it. Mm. And don't worry so much about grammatical things. Just write. Don't stop writing. Keep going. If there's something you want the world to hear, just go for it. And don't overthink it because I have that problem and I really had to push through it. But Mm. you can do it for sure. Absolutely. What are the chances of writing and releasing more books? 
I'd love to. I, I'm in the, I started drafting a second one because I still have so many entries I have to go through. So mm. I'd love to. I'm definitely in the works a little bit. So you said this was such a private thing to you. So did you have anybody who knew you were taking this on and sort of egging you on and encouraging you along the way? Oh, yeah. Definitely my parents. They've always been my biggest support system. They were there the entire time, pushing me to do it, even when I was like, I'm not sure if I want to share this with the world. My mom especially really pushed me and said, this is going to help somebody. You really, you should be proud and you should push forward and do it. So she was, she was a huge inspiration and a good force for me. Hmm. Why would you encourage somebody to start journaling? What, what do you think are the biggest benefits? Definitely, especially living in such a digital world and social media, it's so important to sit down with yourself and release any emotions you have. And you really let things out that you need to instead of bottling them up. Because a lot of people try to be so strong and don't share their feelings as much as they should. So it's something that's, I think, really healthy for the soul and the mind and the body and everything just to, just to write and let it out. Now, often writers are also avid readers. Do you read a lot? Oh, yeah. I'm a huge reader. I am a big like fantasy reader, though. I love Norm Roberts. Hmm. I do like horror. Stephen King's one of my favorites. Neil Gaiman. So definitely like fiction and fun things like that. The book is called So I Journaled, Turning Self-Expression into Positive Lessons. Of course, written by Ashley Brindamore and published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere that you shop for your reading material, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Ashley, thanks again for joining me tonight. I had a really nice time talking with you. I really appreciate your passion for journaling. It's, it's such an important practice. So thanks again for stopping by. Thank you so much. Author Betsy Neglich encourages readers in her new book, the Length of Our Staircase. Betsy is joining me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Betsy, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me about The Length of Our Staircase? Well, my book, The Length of Our Staircase, is about the journey that I took adapting my 11-year-old son. The reason I adapted him was because when I was young, my mom had two children. They were both girls, and she always wanted to adopt a boy who needed a home. So when I was in my early 40s, I remembered what she said, and I went through the process of adapting a boy. Mm. That process was a long journey, and I wasn't really ready for all of the trials and tribulations. But step by step, we went on our journey. And after the length of about 20 years going up those steps, everything turned out wonderful. He's doing great has a great job. He has recently married to a wonderful girl, and things look great. What a wonderful story. How long were you working on this book? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> One day I just sat down after things got better in our lives, mm. and it was like a process of journaling. Mm. So I sat down and I decided to write a short story. So I did one day and I sent it out to five magazines. My son had told me, mom, I only want it sent out to Men's Health Magazine. So I thought, well, they're really not gonna be interested in the story, but I sent it out. And guess what? After a few weeks, that's the only magazine that called me. Wow. After about 18 months, he was in Men's Health Magazine. Oh my God. They adjusted my story, of course, but it seemed like it was something that was plausible. I could write something. 
So then I continued on, wrote a script, went to several publishing events, and agents there told me, you know, you'd be better off writing a book here in Chicago. Books get published, scripts, eh, we're not really a movie city. Mm. So the agent said, can you write a book? And I said, sure, I can write a book. And she said, can you write it in three months? I said, Sure, I could do that. <laughs> so I did. Wow. And that's what brought me to this place. Mm. What sorts of readers did you have in mind when you were writing this? Well, this book is good for anyone who's ever helped anyone in their lives. It would really be, well, I have a lot of readers that are women, mothers, who have had problems with their children. And after they read this book, they say, I can relate to that. Mm. I thought I was the only one having those problems. Oh my God, it's, you know, enlightening to know that somebody else has problems just like me. Mm. And they really related to the fact that the first item might not work when you try it, then you try again and again. And I kept trying until something worked. And finally, you do get something to work. You take that one small step forward, you get some satisfaction, and then that makes you go on to the next step. What's your writing background look like? Have you done this kind of thing before? Well, I started off in my life as an accountant, and I worked for many, many years, like 30 years as an accountant, working holidays and weekends. And I thought, life isn't meant to be that hard <laughs> and to take away all my holidays and weekends, so I have to get into something different. So I applied to a software company as a trainer for their accounting module, which was a good fit. Hmm. Well, live training has turned into e-learning nowadays. So they had me writing scripts, writing videos, and writing documentation. Oh, wow. So it was a smooth transition to go from writing technical things for work to writing a book. Hmm. Well, that's wonderful. Are you thinking about more along these lines, getting more published? Definitely. I have two books. One is done. I just have to edit it, which is like the worst process in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and the second one I'm writing right now. And it's also about a, an issue that women have, unfortunately, nowadays. It's about domestic violence. Mm. And the reason I'm writing that is because I worked for seven and a half years as a volunteer at night in a domestic violence shelter. So I have many stories that I could share. It's going to be fiction, but it's going to be based on my true life stories. You just remarked that editing is like the worst thing in the world. Yes. Uh, what's the most <laughs> challenging part about it? What don't you like about it? Well, you have to read your book eight times <laughs> and <laughs> it gets a little bit repetitious. So it's really good to have other people reading your book. Mm. They catch things that you wouldn't catch. After you go over it so many times, you might not see things that other people do. So it's nice to have a friend, some readers that would offer to read your book. I had my sister who's a teacher and that was wonderful. And then I did have a professionally edited, of course. Mm. Now, after all this time of writing the book and editing the book and having it published, what did it feel like? What thoughts were going through your head whenever you got that first copy of this in your hands? Well, really, from the information in my book and the journey that I went through, every single time I see that book, open that book, turn a page, it brings a tear to my eye hmm. that you know I went through this whole process and I was able to turn it into something really wonderful. I mean, adopting my son was the best thing in my life, and I want to encourage other people to do it too. And I want to give that feeling of hope and encouragement that you could go through something step by step slowly, and it turns into such a wonderful thing in life. 
Oh, it is a huge accomplishment. Congratulations again on this. The name of the book is The Length of Our Staircase, written by Betsy Neglich and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere that you shop for your reading material, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Betsy, thank you again for joining me. Thank you for writing this book and looking to help people and remind them that they're not alone in their problems. I had a really nice time chatting with you tonight. Well, thank you very much. Kids love watching the clouds and using their imaginations. In her new children's book, Clouds, author Anna M. Rogers Artis teaches about what clouds are really all about. Anna is joining me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Anna, thank you for being here with me tonight. Hi, Corey. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me all about what you've written with Clouds? Well, it was a book about a little girl who just thought she was going to spend a day laying on a blanket under a shady tree just watching the clouds. And as she started watching them, she realized there was more beyond the surface of the cloud. She started spotting different images in the clouds. And so that's basically what the book is all about. It's about looking beyond. The message is looking beyond the surface. Hmm. I think we can use that in our daily life uh, here. You know, just take the time to look beyond the surface of an individual, someone, to get to know them a little bit more. So the book Clouds just kind of uh, ties into that, gives that message. Did you have an age range of children that you were thinking about when you wrote it? Yes, it was for, uh, I thought it would be a nice book to read to at bedtime for young readers up through K3, I guess. Hmm. You know, like a take-home reader's book, so it can help kids repetitive language in the book. I think it would be helpful for, for kids to learn how to read. Also, it's exciting, and I think it would spark I don't think a child will be able to walk outside and walk after reading a book without looking up, at the, looking up at the sky and watching the clouds and seeing what they can spot in the clouds. Mm. Was there anything in particular that sparked your inspiration to write this book and then get it published? It was. When I was young, I used to, you know, play outside and every once in a while I'll look up at the sky and, you know, hang out and, you know, playing with my friends out there and we'll say, oh, wow, this looks like, uh, that cloud looks like a boot or this cloud looks like a dog. Mm. That was a childhood memory. And then when I started having my family, my daughter at the time was like nine or 10. We were walking across the field to take her to baseball practice. And she looked up and said, Mom, that cloud looks like, you know, she explained what it looked like to her. Hmm. And I just brought back childhood memories, <laughs> which inspired me to write the book. You know, I just thought it would be a good book to write. Hmm. How long were you working on this? Oh, I started this book in actually 2004. Hmm. So it's, it's been a while. You know, life gets in the way. You raise a family, you know get the kids through college and trying to find some time to devote to it more and tweak it. It was a journey, but it was well worth the journey. I'm pleased with the outcome. Oh, that's wonderful. Is this your first time in the arena of of writing and publishing? Yes, it is. This is my first book. Wow. Congratulations on getting your first one out there. How did it feel when you got that first copy in your hands? That was so exciting. Hmm. I just couldn't imagine. And then knowing that, you know, now I'm a grandmother and my grandkids, I don't know, my children who are adults now, their children are reading a book. So I can't even put into words how excited and pleased and rewarding this whole experience has been for me. Do you have more books in you? What are the chances of publishing more? Well, I'm thinking about another clouds. This particular one is more about, you know, animals and so forth. I thought about doing other objects, you know, maybe like I said, a boot and hmm. other type of shapes. So it's a thought. It's in process right now. The thought is that I'm working through the process right now. big part of children's books is the illustrations. 
Can you tell me about that process? Well, I drafted the illustrations. Actually, I used my daughter at the time she was young. I started sketching her. I started in a little bottle of sketch fab book and started sketching it out. And then I reached out to a couple of illustrators to see if they could capture my vision. For me, the biggest focus to me in the main character of the book are the clouds. Mm. I wanted to look to be clouds and not look exactly like the clouds, like the clip art clouds you see in some of the books. Right. I wanted them. So I took pictures of the clouds and gave them to my illustrators and they used the software you could do and kind of sketch out the clouds to kind of make them look more like the natural clouds. Mm. Yeah, the clouds was the, to me the key character in that book. Do you have any advice that you could offer now to authors who want to publish their first one as well? I would say just stick with it. Don't give up. It's going to be worth the journey. It was a learning process. I enjoyed every second of it. And to always follow your dreams. Now, often when you're writing, it's just you alone for so long. And it can often become a lonely process. It's helpful if you have people in your life who know you're doing this and they can kind of motivate you and encourage you along the way. Did you have people like that in your life? Absolutely. My whole entire family. Mm -hmm. And they were so proud when the first draft of the book came out. They knew I was working on it, but I kind of kept it. Again, life gets into in the way. So I was working on it and tweaking and working with the illustrator. So I wasn't keeping them up to date on what was going on. And when the first draft showed up, they were so, you know, it's like, Mom, you did it. And, you you know, you never give up. And that's an inspiration. So they have always encouraged me to keep going with it because they thought it was a good concept. When I pitched it to them, you know, 20 years ago almost. <laughs> the name of the book is Clouds, written by Anna M. Rogers Artis. It's published by Fulton Books, and you can get this everywhere that you pick up your reading material on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Anna, thanks again for joining me here tonight. I had a nice time finding out about clouds and chatting with you. Thank you so much. Take care. Author Michael J. Lewinsky shares his views about our current state in his new book, Dark Times, A Lockdown and a Call to Arms. Really happy to be joined by Michael right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Michael, thank you for being here today. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be with you. Can you tell me all about what you've written about in Dark Times, A Lockdown and a Call to Arms? Well, I I wrote about uh, the pandemic. Uh, When it started, uh, I thought this was going to be important, so I began uh, researching what was going on and... uh, I developed a book. Is this the first time you've written, or have you done this kind of thing before? Well, this is the first time I published. I wrote a book maybe 30 years ago. Hmm. And what was the whole process like for you? Was it an easy process to write it and get it out there to the world, or were there speed bumps? No, it was fairly easy. Uh, I just went along every day, and it took me about four months to produce a book, and then a lot longer to... Uh, get it out to the public. What sorts of readers do you think would benefit the most from your book? Probably the people who had a hard time going through the pandemic. I tell a lot of stories about the people who experienced the things that went bad for them and went well for them. Do you have any words of advice for aspiring authors that would also have a message and want to get that out there to the world as well? Just follow your dreams and uh, stick with it. Looking ahead, do you plan on writing and getting more books published? Well, I'm researching uh, a book right now about the Biden administration. It'll take me a lot longer to publish this book, but I'll probably be done in maybe two years. 
So did you have people in your life around you who were motivating you or encouraging you? You know, writing a book is not an easy thing. A lot of time, a lot of hard work. Were there people helping you along the way? Yeah, my daughter was a big help. And uh, I was inspired by uh, President Trump. I'm a big Trump fan and look forward to voting for him uh, in 24. Now, when you got that first physical copy of your book in your hands, I'm sure you were just seeing it on the computer screen most of the time up until then, but it's finally published. You have a physical one there. Uh, what kinds of things were you feeling? What was going through your head? It was like euphoria. Mm. I I just, I couldn't believe it. It was, you know, sitting and looked at it, and it was great. Now, have you ever sat down to write and got writer's block? No, not really. Mm. You know, it, it just, it flows fairly smoothly for me. Mm. You're one of the lucky ones then. Yeah, I, I am. <laughs> Is there anything else that you'd like to tell our listeners about dark times, a lockdown, and a call to arms? Yeah, if you went through this period and you had difficulties, you need to read this book so you can uh, see how others have dealt with the lockdown. Michael's book is called Dark Times, A Lockdown and a Call to Arms. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing and, of course, written by Michael J. Lewinsky. You can find this everywhere you shop for books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Michael, thank you again for joining me. I had a nice time chatting tonight. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, you chatting with me. In the new children's book, Zoodles for Zebras, we're going to meet Xander the Zebra, and the author, Baron First, is with me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Baron, thank you so much for joining me. Greetings. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me all about the story in Zoodles for Zebras? Absolutely. So as you mentioned, it's about a zebra named Xander who absolutely adores eating zucchini noodles, which he calls zoodles. <laughs> and one day he just decides he wants to go and find out what all of his friends around the zoo like to eat. And then at the end, it's kind of a secret. So spoiler alert, he collects all of their favorite foods and then he prepares it for them and they all have a great big meal at the end. That's wonderful. Have you written before or been published before this? I have not. This is So I've always been fairly creative and come up with like story ideas and movies ideas and things of that nature. But this was the first time that somebody was like, of all of those ideas, one of my friends, she happened to have kids, and she was like, that sounds like a fun story. She was like, sit down, put that on paper, like commit to one of your ideas <laughs> and get it developed. And I did. About how long were you working on it? The story itself, I want to say I was the very original draft and completion of it maybe took like a week. But then after that, like I revised it and revised it and edited it. And, you know, I took parts out and then added parts in. You know, I was just like editing and working on it like for months and then i finally was like okay i think this is a good spot let me go ahead and send this into fulton see if i can get it approved fantastic well congratulations on getting that first book out there it's, it's a huge deal and it is often the most difficult one i think you'll find if you're writing more then they get easier and easier as it goes uh, what was the most challenging part about getting it published so for me, because like you mentioned, it was the very first one, I just was completely unfamiliar with the process. You know, I essentially almost had to storyboard the entire, you know, all of the illustrations and make sure that the illustrations made sense with what was written on the page so that they're not just, you know, a random conglomerate of pictures showing animals doing things that don't make any sense. I wanted the pictures to be able to tell a story as well as the words on the page. So just trying to develop that and get everything corresponded from my head, speaking to the publisher, 
and then the publisher to the artist and then getting that all back. And then, of course, the biggest crutch or hurdle for everybody this past year or so was just dealing with COVID and, you know, all the hurdles that that put into place. Mm. Did you have a certain age range of children in mind when you wrote this? Not originally, but I figure it's probably best between the ages of five and nine. I think that kind of like that kindergarten, first grade, you know, in that kind of wiggle room area. So now that you've been through the publishing process here for the first time, can you offer any words of wisdom for aspiring authors that want to go on this journey as well? Absolutely. It's uh, for anybody that's interested, you know, just commit to it. Just decide that you're going to follow this through to the end. And that was definitely what I'm so excited about for this book to come out is just I was able to, I honestly think that from my mind to the page, it's come across beautifully. And but just making that first step to decide, because I think lots of people have ideas and thoughts and like, oh, I should do this or I should do that. Okay, well, sometimes you just have to kind of do it. <laughs> you know, you just have to sit down and make yourself type the words on your laptop or whatever and mm. get it done. How much thought have you put into more books, uh, future publishing? I already have, you know, some in the works in my head. The thing with me is I, before I want the story to be developed in my mind before I apply it to the page, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. So I already have a couple different ones that I'm cooking up right now. But yeah, I, I definitely am looking forward to putting out more. The book is called Zoodles for Zebras, written by Baron First and published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere that you pick up your reading material at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, Baron, thank you very much again for joining me here tonight. Congratulations again on your first one. We're looking forward to a lot more from you. I had a really nice time talking tonight. Thank you so much. Readers experience true life adventure and maybe a little nostalgia in the new book by Bill Brown, titled Survival Tips for Living the Adventurous Life. I'm really happy that Bill is joining me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Bill, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Can you tell me what you've written about in Survival Tips for Living the Adventurous Life? Sure. Basically, it's things that I remember and things that I've been told that happened to me uh, from, oh, I don't know, about age two on up to, uh, you know, beyond 65. And uh, just how did I survive all those crazy things? You know, a couple of, you know, an airplane crash, uh, another airplane trying to lose its engine, been upside down in cars a few times, those those kinds of uh, things. You know, how do you, I'm not recommending anybody do them. I'm just saying, how do you survive them? I'm generally a curious guy. And I remember uh, specifically sometime around age two or so that I plugged a couple of keys into an electric uh, socket and <laughs> shot me across the room. Oh, Boy, no. was that, uh, you know, I, 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 I have not played with electricity since. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Yeah. How long did it take you to write this? It took me about a year or so to kind of put it all down, remembering things and, and checking, checking my facts, that kind of thing. Hmm. Have you ever tried to do anything like this before? Write a book or publish anything? No, not really. No. This is just kind of a dream of mine. I just started, you know, putting stuff together and then just kind of all poured out. Congratulations on getting it out there. A lot of people say they're going to get a book out sometime and never get around to it, and you've done it. So how does it feel now that you can look in the mirror and say, hey, now I'm officially a published author? Uh, it's quite a great feeling. I'm no Hemingway, but uh, golly gosh, you know, it's nice to have a book out there. Mm. Would you have any words of advice for aspiring authors, people who, like you, have been dreaming their whole lives of putting out a book and want to finally do it? Yeah, just uh, just get to it. I'm not, I don't type fast. 
but I, I do type on the computer and uh, it just kind of all comes out, you know, and don't let the blank page scare you. Just jot down first a few feelings, you know, where you're, wherever, whatever you're going to write about, you know, things that you're familiar with, and then fill in the rest from there. Looking ahead, do you plan on maybe writing more and publishing more? Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I definitely will. The experiences that came out in the book are basically ways that I learned to uh, be a better person. That's basically what, the way I learned how to do it is growing up through all those adventures. But there's certainly not everything I've been through, but just the, some of the main ones. Writing a book, publishing a book is a huge undertaking. Did you have people helping you out along the way, either there for encouragement or for other things? Yes, I did. I, I, I turned to some of my uh, college friends and had them read sections of it and say, okay, this, this is what I remember. Does it make sense? And, and uh, they encouraged me. Yeah, yeah, keep on going. Between that and my family, yeah, I've made a lot of, you know, it's, it's friends and family. Uh, that's really what it's about. Did you ever hit a time where the writing got hard? You sat down, you wanted to write, and the words just weren't coming out, a classic writer's block sort of thing. No, not really. Second book, thinking about what I'm going to write about, yeah, that's a little bit of it. But when I was writing the book, I just kept, just kept, uh, oh, yeah, what about this? Oh, yeah, I forgot that. Well, what about this one? <laughs> and just kept plugging in. Well, the name of the book is Survival Tips for Living the Adventurous Life, written by Bill Brown and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere that you shop for books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Bill, thank you for joining me tonight. I had a nice time talking. Thank you. Thank you. It was, it was a pleasure. The story of a lost pup unfolds in the new book by Darcy Mason titled Twinkie and the Village. I'm really happy to welcome Darcy to the show right now. Darcy, thanks for being here with me tonight. Thanks for having me, Corey. Can you tell me all about the story that you've written in Twinkie and the Village? Yes. This is a true story about a four-pound Yorkshire Terrier that got away from her keeper while my husband and I were out of the country on vacation. And she spent four nights and five days on the streets of Richardson, a suburb outside of Dallas. And if it wasn't for all of the neighborhood, all the people that lived here, everyone just band together looking day and night for my pup. And um, we ultimately found her unharmed. I'm, I'm actually the one that found her. I was walking down an alley and getting close to the end of the road and a feeling just literally washed over me. And I turned around in the alley and she sat in the middle of the alley, about 10 feet behind me, just wow. looking at me. It was as if God had just dropped her in the alley after this adventure. And, and there she was and not a scratch on her. <laughs> wow, what a wonderful story. Was there anything in particular that inspired you or gave you the idea to write this in book format and tell it to the world? We wanted, my husband and I felt so compelled to write the book to pay it forward back to the community. So mm. we did go through the process, which was not easy for, for a first time, having never done this before. Mm. But we wanted to do it because we are donating 100% of the profit to local Richardson shelters and rescues as a way of saying thank you to the neighborhood and the community. It certainly, I'm sure, was a learning process. What advice would you give to somebody who's looking to embark on this journey as well? Well, I, funny you would ask that, Corey, because a couple of people have called me that are in the process, and my main source of advice to them was just be patient. It's going to take way longer than you want. It's going to have to go through a lot of edits, and you're going to miss things, and they're going to miss things. And if you want it to be right, just be patient. 
and hang in there and eventually it will get done. <laughs> was this an easy thing for you to write as far as actually sitting down in front of the computer and getting the words going? Uh, was that an easy thing or were there a lot of stops and starts? You know, it, it was difficult for me. I am an operations manager by trade. I, I run our company. I'm the details. I'm the facts and all of that. And so I found it very difficult to fill in the imagination portion of it. So mm. I reached out to a good friend of mine that's a Montessori school teacher, and she works with children and has that level of imagination. And her name is Lily Spencer. And she was the one that filled in the creative little things that she did on her adventure that weren't factual. So if, if only Twinkie could have told me herself, I wouldn't <laughs> have had any trouble. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's something significant you bring up and very wise that you did is to seek out help when you realize that maybe it's something you're not familiar with or, or capable of doing on your own. I, I think a lot of authors think that maybe they can do this all on their own, write the book and get it out there. But you need to seek help sometimes because this is a very involved process. Absolutely true. Absolutely good advice. Yes. Now, after working on this book and going through the process, when you got that first physical copy in your hands, what kinds of things were going through your head? Oh, it was, it was just so overwhelming. It really was when I got the first set of author's copies. And it was just a blast sharing with friends and family and everybody. Oh, now you're a published author. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I guess I am. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. Very exciting. Oh, that's great to hear. The book is called Twinkie in the Village written by Darcy Mason and published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere that you shop for your reading material. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Darcy, thanks again for joining me. Thank you for telling this story and having it go towards such a great cause. We'd really appreciate that. It was just a really nice time chatting with you tonight. Thanks so much, Corey. Nice to speak with you as well. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Podserve, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first. 